Welcome back to We Gotta Talk About. This is Myalicious. And this is your girl KTZ. Thanks for tuning in with us this week. We are so excited for you to listen to this week's episode. This week, we gotta talk about career. On this week's episode, we're gonna discuss some of the expectations that we had for ourselves growing up and what careers had stigma against them in our families. We're also gonna discuss how our ideas of careers have changed as adults and just a little catch up on where we're at right now in the midst of a pandemic and how careers are going right now. Now, yes, ma'am. Let's go. What's up, girl? Happy Wednesday. Oh, who knows? Oh my gosh, it's December. (laughs) Yo, and my November calendar is still up. Um, I put my December calendar up and I made it too small so I can't even read it unless I'm like three feet in front of it. My boyfriend was like, are you okay? I was like, "Mm, clearly (laughs) not really. (laughs) Um, I'm so excited it's December because I'm a holiday girl. I don't know if you know that about me, but I just like the holiday season because it seems like everyone is typically on their A game and just being nicer because holiday cheer people. I know. You feel like that? Did you or did you not work in the service industry? I hate the holidays. (laughs) Well, yeah, when you're working, especially where where we worked at, at a freaking restaurant and like- I just feel like people are mean. People are freaking, people with money are mean. People are with money are mean. They're always mean. Eating with you to get other shit during holiday shopping are mean. But I feel like on the street, just like people are genuinely just a little bit bouncing their step because there's some lights or twinkle or just like, I don't freaking know. I'm just a holiday season kind of gal. I like Christmas season. It turns me on in a a giddy little kitty way, you know? So I'm excited it's December, but I don't have my tree. And I don't have a wreath. And I don't have stockings. And it's really pissing me off because everything is okay. The month just started. Breathe. We'll get there. Cure the anxiety. Yeah, I do. (laughs) My voice is literally like, just buy it when you see it. And I'm like, but I want to compare and contrast. Like, I don't just want to commit. Do you buy an actual Christmas tree or are you smart and do you buy a plastic tree that you can no. use every year? <laughs> plastic tree. Our family used, my, and God bless my parents because we never put up Christmas lights on the house. So I'm definitely going to be one of those obnoxious moms who's going to force her man to get up on that ladder and put up some lights and some floatable, inflatable, inflatable things in my yard. Um, but I think because of that, we always got real Christmas trees because on the military base, they have like a whole Christmas tree far from us too. That makes so sense. like, it was right there. Um, so we did a Christmas tree, I think up until we moved and I was in middle school and then we did artificial cause my dad was like, look, we have storage. I'm not doing this. I'm not putting no tree up on my car and watering it. So because of that, I now get plastic trees. Um, I had an old roommate who's obsessed with holiday decorating and she had a gorgeous like white snowy tree, but I don't have, one. I want a cute little small, like three, four foot guy. Because right. I don't know what happened to my other cute little three-foot purple one that I had. It might be at my parents' house, honestly. Doesn't do me good. What about you? Or is your family, what do you do? Real? Plastic? Um, What's up? Yeah, we've always had, we've always done plastic trees um, since we lived on the East Coast. It was just like a thing. We had smaller places, like we lived in apartments and like we would always go to New York for Christmas mm-hmm. to like be with my grandma. Because we don't actually celebrate like Christmas, Christmas Day. We do like Noche Buena. Um, and she always, because like she lived in a small apartment, um, she would always get like the little white Christmas tree. I don't know what it is about Dominicans, but they love like a tree that looks like it's snowing. You know what? I just think like they love the snowy tree. I think that's a black. It is. Okay. I I do. I feel like I've been, or just seen a lot of black homes that if they don't, if they're not the snow tree, they definitely do their decorations that are like white and silver. Yeah. It's always white and silver. Mm-hmm. And then you throw in like your cute little quirky family ornaments just to act like you're a normal human being. But like, really, if we could all be goaty and like do what we want to do, everybody would have some bougie ass white, white. Treat. Yeah, we, we do love an all white moment. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we always had that. But then now even like here, our house is big, but like, it's just, we don't want to, we're just too lazy. But yeah, so moving on, holiday season, it's December, we're excited to be back with you guys, we're talking about career, yeah. let's dive in, it's, it's a stressful topic, but it's an <laughs> optimistic topic, it, it's all of it combined into one, unfortunately, because career kind of allows people to set up their livelihood and, you know, what they're gonna, I don't know, do and be and what their impact is gonna be and all those fun things, so it's right. a serious topic, so yeah, let's dive in, let's go for it, so we said... 
we were going to start with um, some expectations we had for ourselves growing up. So how about you start with your own personal expectations you had? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I, I feel like when I was young, I had a better understanding of like career versus job. Okay. And I feel like as I got older, it was like muddled because when I was young, I was like, I don't, I never had like an idea. I've already talked about this before. I'm pretty sure on the podcast Mm -hmm. and with you that like when I was a kid, like I never, people would ask me like what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I never had an answer because I was like, I just don't care about working. And so for me in my head, I was always like, I love art and I just want to like be an artist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's always just like been my goal, even when I was like a little kid. But like, of course, you know, I grew up in a family of Dominicans and Indians. So like on the Indian side, everyone's like, be a doctor, be a therapist. Oh my gosh, people have been telling me my whole life to be a fucking therapist. And I'm like, do you understand how much therapy I need? Yeah, but that's also why, you know, sometimes... (laughs) Listen, I think you'd be a great therapist, but continue. No, I understand. But but the thing is, like, I feel like I do so much, like, free emotional labor that it's almost like I don't also want to do that as a part of my career as well. Plus, you have to do so much schooling. And, like, I don't want to go back to school. I just don't. I hated college. There's a huge debate on like higher education, like screw a bachelor's. Now you kind of just need a master's. It seems yeah, like yeah, master's is like the, the minimum. Door. And everyone who gets a master's hates their freaking lives for two to three years. And it's like you're more stressed than you were in those four to six years it took to get your bachelor's. And yeah, yeah so I feel you, girl. Yeah. You would be great at it. So yeah, so you thought there because that was your, but that was the expectation of your culture. Was, yeah. So like on the Indian side, it was always like be a doctor, be something where like. It's like this prestige. It's definitely about like your social status because like Indians are very much about, are you an engineer, a doctor or or a lawyer? Sustainable careers. Yeah. And on the Dominican side, it's a little bit different because like they're a little more like obsessed with money. So they're like, do something where like you can make a lot of money. And if that means like having a bunch of side hustles, like do that so that you can make a bunch of money. Interesting. Like I understand the perspectives of both because like you have to remember these are both like poor countries where people are like really... Like their motivation is to get out of whatever situation like they grew up with and like to get out of poverty and things like that. And so like I get the concept, but I'm like, I have the privilege of being born in the US. So like I already come with like this other level of like, I don't have the need to leave poverty because like that's already been left by my parents. Like they started a new cycle just by being here and having kids here. So it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but like my expectations from my family, like I still, like I would always, I was that kid. I'm very like, um, like my, one of my uncles always says that I would be like a great politician because I'm always very neutral about everything. Yeah. So like he, he'll ask me, like, all of my uncles on my mom's side do this. Well, they're like, oh, like who's your favorite uncle? And I'm like, all of them, you guys are all equal, which doesn't mean like you're all my favorite, you could all, I could hate all of you, but I'm not going to say like on which level you're all equal, right? <laughs> Sorry, I can't say hers just thriving right now. Continue. So that's, so that's just the kind of kid I was. Um, and so people would like tell me, they'd be like, oh my gosh, you'd be so great at this. Like you should do this. And I would just like agree. And I'd be like, yeah, totally. But like, I always was like, I'm going to be an artist. I don't care what the fuck you say. Yeah. You're like, um, thank you for your input, but yeah. <laughs> but it's definitely like, In terms of stigma, there's so much, even though like Dominicans are so super creative people and so are Indians too. They still like, there's still a stigma just because of money and status of being an artist or being like an entrepreneur or, you know, just doing what you actually want to do because people are like, oh, that's just not an option. So there's like a huge stigma definitely against artists. I don't, I don't really think it's, it's more on, on one side or the other. I think like both of them have a stigma against it of like, if you choose something that's quote unquote unconventional, Mm -hmm. it is looked down upon because they're like, you don't gain any privilege, any wealth, um, anything. And then on the other, on the flip side of that, there was also like an expectation of like, how are you helping people? But like, you can only help people in certain ways. And I hate that. Like, I hate the idea that, like, you have to be a teacher mm-hmm. or a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse 
or something like in public service in order to help people. Cause like mm-hmm. I've worked in nonprofit and those people weren't doing shit. Right. And they were marginalizing people who are already marginalized even more. So I like, I always kind of like had that expectation for myself growing up of like, Oh, I'm going to do something where like I help people. Mm-hmm. And now it's completely different. But what about you? What were your like expectations for yourself growing up? Because I feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself more than other people do. I do. Um, and I don't, I've been trying, that's a part of my adult experience that I've been trying to unearth as like childhood trauma on why there's so much pressure on myself. Because I mean, I was the only child, like the, there was nobody else to take my parents' attention away from. So like, it was just the three of us. I think that is probably a, a partial reason. I definitely think too, because my parents never graduated college. I, I think it was this like, this thing of like, Caitlin will be the first Tatum to get a college degree. And it was just always known, like I was going from high school to college and then from college to career and like career to life. And that was just my life path. Um, and so from now being someone who hasn't graduated college, who doesn't technically have a career, it's a very interesting thing because my expectations as a child, I was very, very, what's the word? Ambitious as a child. Girl, I thought I was going to be a lawyer from like, and the reason was because everyone was like, Caitlin always can argue. Like I was the girl, the kid where like, if you said something that I didn't agree with, I was gonna let you know why I didn't agree with it. Or like, if we like, that's just who I was. And like, yeah. Apologies to anyone who grew up with me who would just have to deal with me being me. I mean, I just knew like from third grade on until I reached middle school, I remember I, I got to give a graduation speech, I think at our eighth grade graduation, because you know why they give you graduations going from middle school to high school, like it's a big deal, but it was, I got to speak and I had this line in the speech that was like, um, you know, no matter what you want to be, but like, I'll be a therapist and my rates will be whatever per hour, like come holla at your girl type shit. <laughs> Because then everyone, like, I was the girl. I literally just tweeted about this, actually. It's funny we talk about this because I just, something, a homegirl from um, BuzzFeed who is so funny, Quinta? Quinta, love her. Yes. She just tweeted, literally, mind your business. And, like, I retweeted it. And I was like, I literally blame everyone growing up who was like, Caitlin, I need your help with this. Like, give me your advice on this. Or, like, this is going on and I need you to help me do something. Like, I'm the girl. Speak on it. I got written up in elementary or middle school for going to help a friend with a problem. Like I was late to class and my teacher was like, no, you can't be late to class to help your friend who's crying. What's wrong with you? We have class. And I was like, you're inhumane. Like I'm going to go help my freaking friend who's crying. And I got an actual write up for that. So anywho, I attribute that to why people were like, you should be a therapist because I was that bitch who was all up in your Kool-Aid all the fucking time. Mm Mm-hmm. And then high school happened and I remember just sitting on the couch with my parents and we always watch sports. I'm always going to commentate on what I see. And my mom would be like, Caitlin, you see all these women are like starting to like pave the way in sports journalism. That Mm -hmm. should be your jam. And that's what I went to college to do was sports journalism. I had every intent to go to college and get a sports journalism degree and like a minor in PR of this or something of that sort and move forward with that. Um, and yeah, I don't know what happened. I just, the journalism major at San Jose State is uh, extremely it's hard. It's super intense. It's very intense. And so, yeah, those were the expectations. It was just to be successful. The expectation I remember was my, my mom was always very much, the life we live is a beautiful life because we only have one child. And because throughout the time, like your dad being in the military, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So like mm-hmm. my, like, idea of career was very weird as a child because my mom was home for like the first 12 years of my life. She didn't go back to work until I was in middle school. Wow. And so it was always like the, the dad leaves the home. It was very, you know, Christian-esque, you know, the man mm-hmm. of the house goes to work and brings home the money and like we live. And then in middle school, it became both of them working, but it was for me because I wanted to do something that costed a lot of money. And my mom, bless her soul, decided to go back to work and to just have more money. Getting older, college was around the corner type of shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so career for me was a very weird thing because it was like, you have to work to make money was what I always knew. But my right. mom always instilled in me, in order to upkeep this beautiful life we've given you, you need to have a career that you love that also brings in the big bucks. I think that was always kind of in my head. And so mm-hmm. I've always thought for myself, and I'm a Taurus, like I like nice things. It's just known, right. like I, I, I don't like whatever. So yeah. And I think the stigma though, the black culture is a little different because I think the black culture is very much uh, geographically different is what I've noticed. Right. Um, if you're in the South, 
I think I think the premise it's kind of split half and half between how you were raised. If you were above the poverty line, you just want to be successful, whatever that may mean for you. If you are blessed enough to have a passion that can bring you money, go for it. Dive in, do it. You have support because you come from a place of more money than others and you are able to probably go to a better public high school or a private school and be able to go to college easier than someone who lives below the poverty line. So I think that in some households, if you're in a supportive household in the black community, it's very much like if your passion is making music, you better be the best damn music maker Mm -hmm. and, and figure out a way to make money from it. Because once you are 18, I'm not responsible for you anymore. You need to go figure it out. But if you're below the poverty line, depending on where you're at geographically, I mean, I feel like some parents are very much like, you better go play football or basketball and figure out a way to make it to a league and get paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Because without that, you're just going to end up a gang member or shot or dead mm-hmm. or with hella baby mamas and shit, because that's just the life that we live. Like you see your father, you don't see your father, whatever the case may be. If you don't have a good concept of career, because it's just, you're living below the poverty line. Clearly there is no career besides whatever is just getting you by. So I think that's the stigma. Like black culture is very much, we all want to be successful, but then we harp on people who are successful. And I don't know if you've Mm -hmm. noticed that about African-Americans and black people specifically, but it's like, how many people get called sellouts that are distinguished people of the elite black community? Right. And it's like, I think we're just jealous because we all want that. But some of us weren't afforded the same, you know, access that other people were, even in our own black community. I mean, it's very like, you know, we see it in Atlanta, you know, with like Buckhead and just like the richer areas of Atlanta where it's like very clear. These are rappers, ballers, doctors, lawyers, you know, venture capitalists, whatever the case may be. And it's a tight knit elitist community and it's really hard to get in. But once you get in, man, the world is your motherfucking Mm -hmm. oyster. So I think that's the stigma specifically with black culture. It's the only thing I really know because, you know, both my parents are black, so I don't really know. But like, with my white friends, it's definitely a thing where in households where they were supported, it was like, go follow your dreams, honey. Just make your money. You know, right. it was very much like, you know, don't be a stripper. <laughs> but if you make great money from it, but it's like, you don't want your kid to be a stripper. But then it was like, you know, go do what you want. That's what I saw was very much where I feel like people who are of ethnic backgrounds, you're expected to be great and break a cycle or continue the cycle. Like I mentioned earlier, um, you know, like specifically with the Indian culture of like, if I immigrated, just immigrants in general, if I immigrated for us to have a better chance at something, you got to do better than me. And I, Mm -hmm. all parents want their kids to do better than them. And I totally understand that, but those there's levels to this shit. And so, yeah, those were my expectations for myself. I think for my parents, But I think for my community, like if you would ask me when I grew up with, I think everyone would just say they expected me to probably be successful. Mm -hmm. I think I probably shock a lot of people that I don't have a degree. I don't have a career. I'm kind of like. But that's like from, that's based on their measure of success. True. And it's based on what we're taught too. I think exactly. And I grew up in a military community, you know, everyone's just supposed to have a career. Like Mm -hmm. someone in the home is supposed to have a career. And if you don't have a partner, then you have to have it for yourself. Right. So. I don't know, but I would love for my career to just be to live wherever and write books and create, you know, projects off of those Mm -hmm. books and just be able to impact people that way. I always knew, like you said, I always knew I was going to impact people. I just didn't know in what way. Right. I didn't know if I was going to impact little girls who also wanted to talk about sports, who could compete with the men and actually know what the fuck they're talking about. I didn't know if it was going to be writing books or sitting down and listening to people and helping them with their problems. Like, I didn't know what it was going to be. I would love to be a teacher if they fucking got paid more. Like, I don't want to put myself, I see so many of our peers who still end up teachers and they're just like struggling to the max. And I just don't understand. Yeah. And it sucks. So like my sister. (laughs) Yeah. So until society changes and different career avenues actually get their due diligence and the money that they should be had. I mean, that's kind of where we're at, but yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on like something that you said earlier too about people. And I think that this is like not only particular to the black community. I think like all people of color are told, like, if you want to pursue something that you're passionate about, that's like an unconventional career, you better be the best at it. You have to be the motherfucking best. You have to be number one, not two, not three, not top 10. You got to kill it. This is the only way I'm going to give you my respect. And it's probably the only way that you're even going to be successful is if you're the best. Well, and and because like, it's so 
because the people that we're always competing with like is each other because there's always limited spots for people of color to actually do what the fuck they're passionate about while white people get to do whatever they want because like they have generational wealth and like tons of privilege just from being white and so like we're always competing against each other because like we want to do what we're passionate about but like there's only space for so many black people and people of color. Like it's so, it's so ridiculous and frustrating. And it breeds like so much competition between people of color that it shouldn't. Yes. And you're always competing with your peers. I remember being very angry in college, seeing white people who didn't give a damn about school, you know, passing classes and figuring out ways to pass or having inside whatever it was. Then watching my fellow peers of color, which weren't that many, you know, you either strive or you don't. And if you don't, there's really not going to be anybody there to help you except for your own little drive you have. Whereas the other people who aren't black or brown struggle and it's like, you've got this whole, it's just weird. It's just a weird dynamic and it definitely Mm -hmm. follows into career because we're taught in high school. I I read this great Twitter thread on, you are literally bred for capitalism in school. You have an eight to three schedule, you get two breaks, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, very much. It's just that they throw in some physical activity for you, which you don't even get in the real world. So I don't even know why we have freaking PE because it's like in the real world. You That's have also ableist as fuck to just have PE. Right. So, girl, mm, that could be a whole nother. So yeah, but it's just weird to me. Career is just very, I don't know, it's arbitrary at this point, I feel like. Like what is career? I mean, right. Is there such thing as a career? Like, do people even have careers anymore? Because we're all just like fighting to survive in capitalism. So like everyone really just has jobs that make them money. Right. A career is like, I think of a career as like something that you've developed that you actually give a shit about. Right. That you've been doing for 10 to 20 to 30 years, something that you have honed a craft in that has literally established your livelihood for the better. And maybe even not just for you, but for your kids, whatever the case may be, it just allows you to be comfortable. I think we're all striving to be comfortable financially. I think everybody's striving for that point where you don't have to worry about your bills or your utilities or your rent. You can buy something without having to worry about that price tag because you know it's okay and your account's not going to overdraft and you don't have to deal with some fees. I think that's what we're all striving for. I think the problem is too, though, a big thing that we talk about with career, we're just not getting paid adequately for the work we give. I mean, you're dedicating 40 hours of your life, almost more every week when you even like take into account commute and all that stuff. And I saw a beautiful Twitter thread about why are companies so mad about time theft and work from home? Because people are just keeping their mouse active. It's like, are you paying for my Wi-Fi? Did you provide me with a laptop or a second monitor so I could provide the same workload that I did in the office? Did you provide me with money to buy a desk for my home space? Like, what are you giving me? I saw that article too. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, and like, we're not talking about that enough. I mean, like, what am I striving for with a career? It's like, I have to aim for an avenue that I know is going to give me an advance or a big sign off if a lot of people like it, because that's what's going to keep me comfortable and stable. But like, I really quick to touch on my own personal experience. I had a connection with the Dallas Cowboys and I remember every adult in my life was like, go back to school and get your degree. Don't mess up this connection. Don't mess up this networking opportunity. Like this is everything you need to like pursue your dreams. I'm like, yeah, it sounds so easy in retrospect. Like I don't want to be in school anymore. I've done this for the last like 16 years straight. I'm burnt out and I just don't like going to school. Like I just don't like doing it right now. And then, you know, talking back and forth of that connection and it being like, well, you really got to clean up your Twitter because even if I could get your foot in the door as an intern, not even doing anything relatively remotely connected to what your actual job you want to do would be like, you're going to be scrutinized on the internet and you need to start practicing now to like limit your voice. And I'm like, great first amendment. Like what the fuck does it matter? Like I have no connection or ties to the organization right now besides a fan and just an opinionator on the internet But it was like already before I could even get my foot in the door, I was already being like monitored in the realm of like, you got to be careful because I can't. And some people are like, well, I'm sure people are going to listen to you like, okay, well then just shut the fuck up on Twitter and like, don't tweet and it won't be a problem. It's like, yeah, great. But that's very easy for you to say when you're like not part of two marginalized populations where you feel the need to speak up all the time. You're also going to like tell me how the fuck to act on my own personal social media accounts. Because this was like, 2015, 2016, like this was when Trump was going for election. Like this is when things were changing in our country at a grander scale on protesting everything. So it's like, so because someone has a Christian Texas 
Republican mindset. I'm not allowed to speak my honest truth about my people because I want a job one day for this organization. Right. Like, yeah, no, um, that's really nice of you, but I'm going to have to think about something else then. And that's when I told myself, I'm never going back to college for sports journalism. I'm just going to go to college to get a degree, just to have a degree. So that way it can be a safety net. Girl, I've been telling you to get that comms degree. It's hella easy. <laughs> and I'm still looking at it. It's going to take me probably about two solid years if I could squeeze in a full, if I could do full time, it would take me two years. I'd be in and out. Uh, can I do that? I don't know. A bitch has to work and make money. So it's like, I don't know, we don't figure it out. Yeah. But any. But yeah, it's definitely like a thing now where like, I think our generation is stuck in that space of we realize that we could, we can make a huge change in how like society works, how our economy works, how jobs work. And a lot of us are like struggling with, do I give up my morals because I have to pay bills Or do I move home and sacrifice my mental health so that I can actually find like the career and the job that's like intentional and something that I actually care about doing that's not going to compromise those. Yep. And so like tons of us have so many like debilitating anxiety and depression and like tons of other mental health problems because like those are the things that we have to grapple with daily, which isn't to say it's like, oh, this is the hardest thing in the world. Like I, each generation I think has their challenges yeah, it's on the times. And I think that that is one of like the biggest challenges with millennials is like people see us a certain way because we have certain expectations mm-hmm. and we're trying to like break through on this whole, like just work your nine to five office job, even if you hate your life, because then you'll have money and generational wealth. And it's crazy because I know I've spoken on this in a prior episode, but if I would have stuck with my last property management job I had, And if I would still be there today, I probably would be one of the youngest people to be in a manager role in that career, which would have been great. And I would have had a great, probably like 70 to $80,000 salary a year job with some perks of like discounted rent, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, what kind of turmoil would I have had to put myself through to get to that point of like, I can breathe now. Like, I think we really need to be honest and ask ourselves, what is your livelihood worth? Like, if I need to just budget and live basically right now in order to like, basically, I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. But if I I need to be frugal right now, as I wait to reach that point, I'm trying to reach with myself on my own. So be it. Because that would have been, how old am I now? 27. I got that job when I was 21, I believe. You're telling me six years it would have had to taken me. I was already a year in promoted three times, hating my fucking life, like approaching year two. And so what, four more years of that just for the maybe opportunity and chance I would have gotten to get somewhere where I would have been respected and paid what I was worth. Cause I was doing my job plus my manager's job making a push he made. So, you know, just things to keep in mind when we talk about career, like it just, it's very triggering and threatening to people to just be like, you know, you're just taking the easy way out. You're not a hard worker. It's like, no, when I have a job, I just had an interview for a job. And I literally was like, if you give me a job, I'm a hard worker. I don't like standing around. I don't like when it's slow because I like to move quickly. I like to get things done. That's just who I am. You can't see that unless you see me working, but it's like, just because I don't want to sit at a desk right now. Doesn't mean that I'm not a hard worker. It just means I'm taking more value of myself and my mental state. Like shit, I'm sorry. And I don't like commuting. Why am I spending three hours of my day just getting to and from? Right. It's, it's exhausting. It's a lot. So anywho. Okay. So I have some, I have some statistics that I want to read Drop because it. there's also this stigma a little bit in terms of hiring millennials mm-hmm. and people think that we are, that there's like big turnover because we're millennials. And so I was like, is that really true? So I was like reading up on, I was just trying to find some statistics because I was like, I just don't think that it's true. I think that that's just what young people do when they're trying to find the right fit for them. This is from this website called Gloat, but they used, they cited like a Pew Research Center article. And it says, comparing data of modern millennials circa 2016 to their Gen X counterparts when they were the same age, Um, According to that study, the percentage of 18 to 35-year-old employees who stayed with their employers for 13 months or more was 63.4% for millennials in 2016 and 59.9% for Gen Xers in 2000. On top of that, the percentage of the same groups who had been with their employers for five years or more were 22% for millennials, 
and 21.8% for Gen Xers. So we actually are staying at jobs longer than the generation previous to us. Yeah. And so I don't know where people are getting that idea from because it's just like not really true. We're a lot more vocal about what we want. And so people see it as like more pushback. Yeah. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's about that whole stigma of like, just shut up and work. Right. No, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) You did that and your parents and their parents did that because you had to, because they came out of the freaking great depression. Like we have to remember why those ideologies were even a thing in the first place. The nation was literally in turmoil. The economy was shot and people literally were begging for bread on the streets and could not sustain. So like, there's a reason why people took factory jobs and jobs that people didn't want to do at that time to even get us to where we are today. They literally had to. So it's like, I'm sorry. We millennials also like started working right after the 2008 market crash. So like we actually had to deal with the same thing. And we just went about it really differently. And so it looks very different. And I think people forget how old millennials are. Millennials are in their mid-30s right now. Like millennials are not 18-year-olds. And once people get that thought process out of their mind, like millennials doesn't mean teenager anymore. It's like, hello. And so I'm like, these 30-year-olds, like you said, after the market crash, no one was hiring. Like my own dad was going through his own um, try, like four years after that. And like 2012 was trying to get hired. And it still wasn't where it is now, where it's, easier now, of course, to get a job, but it's still hard if you don't have A, B, C, D. Like now we've made it even more inclusive to get a job because of degrees and certain experience titles or certifications you need. I mean, it's ridiculous. So yeah, just things to think about in the, in the hindsight. Cause like Maya said, it's, it's not millennials. We're not a radical, a radical, a regular, or like, you know what I'm saying? Floozy people. It's just, we know our worth. Yeah. People literally think that we're like 18 year olds. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, I'm sorry. We are the generation that had to watch our parents struggle and work jobs. They didn't want to work in order to put us in these places of access in order for us to be better. Just like Maya was talking about before breaking the cycle. So why would you expect kids who had to watch their parents suffer, who were expected to break the cycle, not appreciate their worth and not think that they should get paid what they deserve for the energy and time that you're giving to a company. I'm sorry. Like we all have to get on the same page here. If we can get out of that like capitalistic bullshit that we've been like forced down our throats of just work hard and make your money and live a good life. Maybe people will realize like, Hey, you could actually be respected at the same time and happy and still actually have like a decent livelihood. Right. And also people don't account for the fact that, um, the U.S. dollar has inflated so much and we are being paid the same amount as our parents were being paid when they first started working. Yes. We're being paid the exact same 17 years later. Well, when I got to the Bay Area in 2011, rents were six, $700 for a room and a one bedroom. And the fact that people aren't accounting for inflation is so obvious because And that's why I had to get on property management. I know I talked about that prior, how just feeling a part of gentrification and its negative effects. Seeing people who were working very respectable jobs, making decent $40,000, $50,000 salaries, couldn't afford a one-bedroom apartment because it was $3,000 a month in rent because it was Mountain View. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. So the fact that companies aren't even accounting for inflation, and then, and here's my problem. We live in the Bay, well, I live in the Bay Area, but me and Maya see so many of our peers who work in the Bay Area tech world, no matter what their job is. Mostly recruiting. Yeah, recruiting or sales. But like these people are having motherfucking happy hours and they got ping pong and pool tables. And they can basically live in their office. Yeah, you work for Google or Facebook. You can work out, eat, and make your money all in the same space. You're getting paid to relax half the time. But it's like, y'all want to look down on people who aren't working at those places or who are, I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm working in the property management world, working my ass off for nine hours a day. And you get a happy hour every Friday and every day on Instagram, you're posting your new ping pong match with your coworker and you guys and are meals. Up for your comp meals, all these things. I'm like, I'm not harping on people who have those benefits. Like you have a job that provides you benefits, use those motherfucking benefits. I'm just talking about like worth. It's just, it sucks that it's like you see certain avenues who have that kind of funds to just allow their employees to work that way. Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, so I have to be a recruiter to do that. I don't want to do that. I have to work in sales to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm selling apartments, but I want to go sell tech or software or whatever the fuck it is you're selling just so I could be treated how I should be treated anyway. Like, 
I worked at Hilton right. and it was like, sell X amount of days for staying, we'll give you a $25 Visa gift card. Thank you. I'm like, Hilton, you're a multi-billion dollar company and I have to work even harder to get a $25 gift card as a thank you for working harder than I already had. So anyway, you know, the wonderful thing, right? Right. Know. Okay. So how have your ideas of career changed as an adult? Um, I've kind of been talking about it a little bit. But, a bit, but for and for me, just to elaborate, and and this one shorter than before, was just to be happy, like whatever I'm doing. Because for me, in quitting um, full time desk life, I went into bartending, and from bartending and socializing and just talking to other people, I have realized I can still make money and you know be on a budget and live frugally for a couple of years while working on my passion projects Mm -hmm. and seeing where those can go and seeing if that can turn into a career. And if it doesn't, then the professional world is always there to fall back on. I can always go through a temp agency and pray that they can find me a gig. And that's what I'm doing now though, unfortunately. Like unfortunately now it's like this pandemic has just kind of messed everything up. I see people still getting jobs in their avenues, but it's like, you have to be in that avenue in order to get that job. If you're trying to get right. your foot in the door somewhere, this is not the time to do you it. You have to already have experience in order to be hired right now. Like a lot of experience. Or it's all like internal, just cross hires and stuff because mm-hmm. no one wants to bring in new people and, and, you know, new benefits and all that fun stuff. Right. But that's kind of how it's changed for me is I don't have to be at a desk. I don't have to be at a desk. I don't have to be in a field that's so marginalized by sexism. Like if I would have gone through sports journalism, how upset would I be on a daily basis at all the degrading that would probably come my way if I was able to reach the level that I wanted to reach? How much of my sanity and myself would I have had to sacrifice to get to that point? So that's what I've learned with career is no matter what I thought growing up, no matter what idealistic viewpoint I had on certain careers or just the idea of a career in general, a career is what you make it. Whatever you can do to sustain yourself and your family and have a life that you are comfortable living that makes you feel good about yourself and you feel like you're helping people in some capacity, I feel like that's a career. And I feel like that's how my viewpoint has changed. And I'm at that phase in life where I'm hoping before I turn 30 that I will have my foot in the door somewhere to expand what I know my ceiling could be and my potential and be happy doing it while helping people and still maintaining my character and like who I am. So that's what has changed for me because again, I just thought I have to work to make money. Mm-hmm. But as I've been in my twenties being a professional, I entered the professional workforce at 22, I believe. So for the last, I don't know, what is that? Five, almost six years. I have seen some really ugly shit. I've been treated really poorly by supervisors. I just sat and looked at my resume and I noticed that if I hadn't been somewhere for a year, I'd been there for like 10 or 11 months. And I was like, oh, I know if a hiring manager is looking at this or like someone in HR, they're like, this girl's going to look like a floozy because she can't seem to stay somewhere. And it's like, but the problem is, is that I wasn't being respected. My worth was not being taken into account. And I was working way harder than my pay and I was getting treated poorly from it. And every job, I can say I've had poor management. That's not a me problem. That's a management problem. People reach a certain point in the workforce, and they just think, okay, cool, all bets are off. I did my damage work, so let me just throw the damage back on the younger right. people, and yeah. they got to go through the same shit I did. Why can't we change that? And, you know, Daenerys, quote, break the wheel. So that's what I'm trying to do for myself. And that's my answer to that question. How about you? Yeah, I like all of that. And I agree. And the only two things that I want to add helping people, that was always my career goal was always I want to help people improve their lives in whatever way my skill set fits that. Mm -hmm. But I always thought it was going to look a certain way. Like I always thought I either would have to go to nursing school or do something involving like healthcare work or Mm -hmm. education, or the environment. And so like when I first started working, my first like professional job, because I've been working since I was 15. But Mm -hmm. when I first got my job right out of college, I worked at Tesla because I was like, okay, this company is making like sustainable vehicles. I like their mission. I actually, it was really funny because I wrote a letter to myself when I was in college as like a part of a class assignment. And they asked you, what is a corporation in this area that you would like to work for? Like, what's your dream company. And I said, Tesla. And I was like, I would love to work at Tesla. And I ended up working at Tesla. I fucking hated it. Um, 
<laughs> Everyone I know who's gone through Tesla hates Tesla, but we ain't got to talk about that right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I the thing that I've learned is that no matter what company you work for, no matter what like their so-called mission is, if you are at all like a part of corporate America, it's not what they say it is. Like right. no matter what you do, you will be compromising your morals. And also the other thing that I've learned from that is like helping people doesn't have to look one way. Like my skills as an artist and like a graphic designer and being able to navigate technology really well, which I've taught myself mostly all those things. And I'm just like the type of person that if there's a problem with technology, I'll, Mm -hmm. I know how to troubleshoot and figure things out. Mm -hmm. That's not like part of my career, but like I've learned that from working because I've had to do that so many times. And so like those skills, even though they're not the traditional therapist, nurse, educator, whatever, those are still skills that are very helpful, especially to help people pivot into a digital age. So that's something that I've learned is I always wanted to like give back to my community and help other black and brown people, obviously. And so once I left Tesla, my idea was, okay, now I'm going to finally go work at a nonprofit, which I always wanted to do too. Then I went and worked at a nonprofit and I was like, they're not actually helping these communities they just are like writing checks because it's just a bunch of white people working in an office trying to make themselves feel better. Roll insecure B film of we got y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. And, and you hated it because you were like, this is some fake ass shit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And literally it was so funny because my turning point at my job, I read this article that was on the internal site at the foundation that I worked at. And it was about amazing innovation, this telescope that was being built and it was going to do all of these things. And I read this article and I was like, oh, sounds great. And I looked up what it was and it was the telescope on Mauna Kea in Hawaii that people were protesting about, which I had known about the protest. And it was this foundation that I work at helped fund that project immediately. I immediately found that and started looking for a job. You were like, my morals are freaking compromised. And I had no idea. To this and this, that's what I mean. Like, it doesn't even matter what you try to do. Like, if you're part of corporate America, and nonprofits very much are, if you are a part of that system, there's so few things that you can do that aren't compromising your morals, whether you know about it or not. Because things are happening behind the scenes that you don't even know about, but you're still contributing to just by working there. My second point is like the age, like don't, also expect to like achieve certain things by certain age because I feel like that has been the biggest change for me as an adult is to realize how fucking young I am at 25 yeah I'm like like I don't know who I thought I was when I was a kid thinking that at 25 I'd be in a certain place yeah because I think that because we were talking about inflation like because inflation has changed Mm-hmm. the quality of life and the way people live so drastically in Keep the on. past like 10 years even it's so unrealistic to think that you are gonna be like developed in a career in your 20s like I just think unless you knew when you were 20 years old which yeah. none of it, hardly anyone does what you wanted to do and that career is something that you can like easily accessible, easily get into. Yes, Mm -hmm. It's really unrealistic to think that before 30, you're going to get there. Like with my sister, she didn't even, she did want to be a teacher when we were like kids and then Mm -hmm. she changed her mind and then she changed back. And so when she was in her twenties, she was like, okay, now I think like, this is for sure what I want to do. And now I'm going to go get a master's and she finished her master's and now she's working because we have tons of connections in education. Mm -hmm. But like, that was like a very lucky one-off of like, she decided to go into a career where we know a lot of people, like we already came with connections for that field, but even her, she's 27, she's your age. Mm -hmm. And she's still like, I'm still, you know, like not exactly where I want to be. And is thinking about moving. Cause like, she wants to own property because she wants to have a family and she wants to be able to afford a house. And so she's like, yeah, she's a whole ass wife. I she's wanted to, cool. yeah, she was like, I wanted to like have kids before a certain age and I wanted to like buy a house. But like, realistically, my timeline is going to change completely because like, I want to have a certain level of like comfort and a certain level of emergency funds so that I can actually like maintain that lifestyle and like provide for my family. So now like everything and 
everything has just changed. It's like you get to a certain age and it finally clicks where you're like 20 is so fucking young. Yeah. And now I'm like, I want to take the opportunity that I have now and the privilege that I have now to like be at home, even though it's really fucking hard. And I just like was sobbing this morning because I'm just so frustrated being at home. Like I would rather take this opportunity to like develop something that I really care about over the next five years and like actually give a fuck about whatever is bringing me money by the time I'm 30 than like try to just work every job I can work just to make money and get by and get experience. I hear you. I I feel like we have to, I love that you brought this up and I love that you got to use your sister as an example for that because it's so important because your sister is married. She's, she's mm-hmm. at a different level than we are because I am 27, but I'm, I'm living with my significant other, but we're not married. And you know, it's so funny because there's been so many more memes going around. And one of them is my parents at 25 and then yes. me. And so many of them are like, my parents at 25, um, a house, married and, two kids house. Yeah. Married two kids house and ready for baby number three. And then it's like me at 25. Like, why is my liquor store closed at 10 PM? I still need my <laughs> So like generationally we have switched. So, I mean, my mom was married at 19. My dad was 29 when I was born. My mom was 25. My mom was Maya's age when she had me. I can't even fathom having kids. My mom was also I, my age when she had me, her second child. Second kid, right. And so it's like, I, I really want people to sit back and think about, it's beautiful if you're in love. It's beautiful if you're married and all that great stuff. We have such a huge problem with really negative households and children that grow up really unhappy because mm-hmm. people get together young. They're so in love. They're head over heels. They get married. They're like, we're just going to figure it out together. And they are living paycheck to paycheck and they have more than one kid. And they're like, why can't we just like get up off our feet? Because you didn't take that time to establish something for yourself. That way you already would have been stable before you took the step of bringing more life into this world and not having them go through the same generational crap that our, our parents and grandparents have been complaining about for 30, 40 years. So it's like, us as millennials and uh what's the one after us gen z Gen Z. we really need to be i think more careful with um how we're looking at our time like maya said your 20s are so young if you talk to anyone over the age of 40 they're gonna tell you don't worry about shit in your 20s your 20s are the time to figure out who the fuck you are mm-hmm. what the fuck you want to do how the hell you're gonna do it and then make all the mistakes you have to in order to get to that point Like your 20s are literally made, fuck what they tell you in books and movies and TVs. Your 20s are supposed to be used for you figuring out who you're going to be and your contributions you're supposed to be making and your intent to this world. And I'm so sick and tired of the generations before us making us feel guilty that because we're over 25 and we don't have it figured out that we're just not contributing to society, we're making things worse and not better. No, I'm doing what you probably should have done because you're a divorcee, you're unhappy, your kids now have trauma and PTSD because mm-hmm. they grew up in a broken home. You know, you were a single parent. So now your kids are doing everything possible and putting pressure on themselves so that they don't have to live that single parent life moving forward. It's like, we yep. have to recognize you guys, why people operate. And there's so many people that are Maya and I's age that are on their second, third kids. They're married. And it seems like they've got money. It seems like everything's cool, but we don't know what's going on in that house. We don't know the fighting or the arguments, the lack of sex and love. You know, we don't know what the kids are or aren't getting because of what money's coming in or out. Mm-hmm. While it looks good on social media because their Christmas card is fucking cute, you don't even know that they can't afford their goddamn mortgage for the next month because a pandemic hits and, you know, they can't afford childcare and the mom's got to stay home and all these things and whatever. So it's like, keep that in mind. I can't wait to see in 10 years how many of my peers who are married with more than one kid or just a kid right now are still in that same relationship, happy as fuck, who aren't posting inspirational messages every goddamn day on their social media because they're trying to get their revenge body or find out who they really are and they're in their mid to late 30s mm-hmm. that's when you got to start to be like okay what am I doing with my life you don't want to wake up and be 30 and realize you were in a career for 10 years that you hated and now you're 20 pounds heavier with depression and anxiety and now you got to figure it out yeah you're I'm right not now. trying to do that my mom switched her career when she was 40 I know we talked about that and it's like, it's a beautiful thing. I'm glad that she was able to do that. And my mom is definitely an exception of like, she, she'll do whatever she wants, whenever she wants. And she doesn't care about your expectations for her because like, that's just the person that she is. But 
Not everyone is like that. Not everyone is and like that's that. That's a really, really, really hard thing to do. It's a beautiful so, thing. Yeah, I agree. Like, it's better to focus on like what's going to make you happy in the long run. And I think that's that's something that like we miss a lot in like setting goals and intentions for our career is like we forget to say like it's okay to not get there in a certain amount of time. Like mm-hmm. people always want like what's your career plan for like the next five years, the next 10 years. And I always tell people, I'm like, I refuse to make those because my only goal in life is to be happier and healthier and more thriving than I am now. So like whatever I do that contributes to that is fine with me. I don't need to be a fucking millionaire yeah, or even be making six figures. Like I don't give a fuck. I always expected by 29 that I would have my career intact and I'd be working my way up, that I would mm-hmm. be on be number one or maybe two because my dad had me at 29 and I always thought that I was going to be 29. I wanted to be 50 when my kids turned 21. Like I have these beautiful things. Right. 29 is less than a year and a half away now because we're already in December. Like I turned 28 in six months. So it's like, my there's goodness. no way in hell I could think about having a family right now. My boyfriend's <laughs> The boyfriend's a Capricorn and he just showed me a Capricorn meme that literally was somebody like two people on a yacht and it was a person like laying down sunbathing and over that person was like me thinking about starting the big family I've always dreamed of but then it was like a person who's like taking a selfie with like champagne and they were like me waking up every day not having to feed nobody's kids mm-hmm. so it was like because you know it's that perfect balance we have as millennials we're like we want the things our parents gave us we want that big family we want siblings for our kids we want that beautiful lifestyle we grew up with but we're over 25 and we're not even there yet because hello things haven't changed in our life (laughs) life just happened so yeah I think that's so important and by the way speaking about helping people I used to feel super insecure about being a bartender because I knew people were like damn this girl stayed in her college town is working at bars that we all used to go to while we were in college and like this is how she's making her money And I was like, but I don't have to sit at a desk for eight hours. Mm -hmm. I also get paid hourly and tips. And I work three, four to five hour shifts. And I walk out with that kind of money. Also, how many people have I made, you know, comfortable and had I connected with because I've just done my job and talked to them. If I could tell you, I know there's probably about three people that I've stopped from going to commit suicide that day because they chose my bar to come into. And I was doing my job and just keeping up the conversation no matter how much I didn't want to talk to them. And I just wanted to be left alone to get through my hours. Like you've got to take what you can from the jobs that you have. Exactly. If, if, you know, like if you're doing something that makes you a little insecure from like the society perspective, I know it's so easy to say, don't care about what people think. It's just not. It's easier easy. to say than it is to do. Yeah. Exactly. And so if you're someone like me who can be insecure at times, and we can talk about it and be honest. Just remember that like, there's always some good in something you're probably doing. You just mm-hmm. have to be honest with yourself and like find that to make yourself feel better to keep going. Because that's why if I wasn't a bartender, I would never now want to own a sports bar or a chain of sports bars. I'm going to be a fucking businesswoman and have my own version of Hooters. That's not freaking racist or misogynistic. Like, you know, bring on the sports and the good food and the attractive women who are going to give you great service and who probably know their shit at sports. Like, let's fucking do it. I would never have thought of that doing that unless mm-hmm. I would have so keep those things in mind you know what I'm saying yeah okay so so where are we at now because we're both unemployed and we've been looking for work and we were just venting about this before we started recording really about was. how especially during the pandemic um but this is always true that when you apply for jobs when you're at like kind of an entry level you just feel like you're screaming into the void It's like I apply and I apply and like it is a numbers game for the most part. It's a numbers game and it's an also who you know game. Yes. But I have had people refer me to jobs during the pandemic and because it's during a pandemic, people are like, well, we're not sure that we actually have the budget for this or we're not sure like what our income is going to look like in the next month so that we can actually like support the projects that we want you to do. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if our business is going to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And so now it's even more difficult because everything is paused. And like, we complained about this in March, like when we first started thinking about recording this podcast and we were like, it's just like, we're screaming into the void and like nothing is happening and everything is paused. And I hope that like things get back up soon. And now I'm kind of like, do I hope that? (laughs) Okay. So I was um, scrolling a little bit and the first thing that popped, not even scrolling, actually the very first thing that popped up when I opened Instagram, one of my friends from high school, Dana, 
um, who's the sweetest soul, she moved to Boston um, and she's been getting her master's there. I can't remember if she got her bachelor's there, but anyway, she says, today I celebrate making the final payment on my student loans. Cheers to working nights, 30 plus hours while going to school full time and three jobs simultaneously. Shout out to Dana (laughs) for being that free, but also what the hell that you got to go through all that struggle just to pay off your student loans for the education you need to get the career you need to have. But yeah, um, shout out to everybody who has successfully paid off their loans. Yes. And God, because wow, very hard to do so Um, with interest these days, everyone's paying way more than they needed to, which is typically Mm -hmm. why people end up spending six figures on degrees that really only cost about 60 to $70,000. Um, but no, big ups to you guys. But yeah, I yeah, it's amazing. I, like that's that's not like something to downplay. Like paying off no. any loans is a big deal. Like I just paid off. Um, I actually just paid off all of my debt this year because of COVID. And Congratulations! Thank you. And literally from unemployment because oh, I'm living at home. Yeah. And when I was in school, there was a year that I like decided to take a break from working because I had been working like two jobs since I was 15. And there was like one year where I was like, I just can't work two jobs right now. And I tried working and I got fired from the job that I had. Mm-hmm. So I, I just ended up like putting a ton of like, I put like my utilities and like my groceries and shit, like on my credit card. Yeah. And so I had like thousands of dollars on the only credit card that I ever had. Like I maxed it out and I just finally paid it. Um, that's great. But yeah, it was only because like, I'm not paying rent right now. Cause I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was still in the Bay. Let's set intentions for our careers. Like, what do you want to manifest? I do believe in like actually talking through and like speaking mm-hmm. what you want to do um as so long as it's not like very specific things yeah no but to go back to what you were saying before do you want it to change like remember we were you were just saying like do you want it to change and it's like do we want it to change is this whole not working thing turning out to be more of a positive than it is a negative even though society is like you're a lazy piece of shit for not getting jobs like we just talked about the the void we're screaming into yeah. i mean we're both applying i've been trying to tweak my resume and turn it into a resume i've never even seen before in my life and i'm like this is what resumes look like now like this is what people have to do to get an interview because still no guarantee that you'll even get an interview these days. Exactly. Um, I actually had a mutual friend of ours on Twitter who you'll probably figure out, but like, he was like, Hey, you know, do you need a job? I have a friend who's hiring. And I was like, yeah, great. Like I could do that role easily from home. It was remote. It was over 20 bucks an hour. I was like, sign me up to my resume a whole day passed, And they were like, yeah, we're not hiring right now. Thank you. Keep you in mind for future. And I'm like, okay, like clearly the dude, yeah. like this mutual friend of ours knew that you were hiring, which is why he even sent me to you in the first place. But thank you so much for keeping me in consideration. Yeah, that's been happening to me too. Like people will recommend me to things and they're like, oh, we're not actually hiring. And I'm like, okay, so you're obviously putting the job description up so that you can hire someone internally. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I think that it if you already kind of like had passion projects and like side things that you always wanted to do now would now is a really good time to like actually invest in those Mm -hmm. um but I I understand like I mean that's just from my perspective as a single person yeah in their 20s and I understand that like that's not realistic for me to want things to stay the way that they are right now because there are people who need to support their family and there are people who need to pay off their loans and like aren't able to just move back home like me and but things like that. if the government would help us and do their job, it wouldn't be so bad to have this day. Just saying. Exactly. But yeah, so what are your, what are things that you want to like in manifest my for yourself in your career? I am hoping in this time of whatever we have left of quarantine, I can find a way to make big progress in my novel that I can capitalize on two creative ventures that I have still not started on that I have been speaking about for like a month or two. It's because life is crazy and I'm trying to get a job. So I'm just trying to manifesting. So really for me, I I just want to be able to whatever time I have left in quarantine, 
be able to really tap into my creative mind. And then I would love to make money because I don't want to be reliant on unemployment. Um, it's great that if they can get another stimulus out there to help people out. Yeah, I would love to work though. I mean, at this point, it, it kind of like, I know numbers are getting higher, but I, I think I'm now more comfortable than I was say back in May and June when people were like, we need essential workers. Um, I wasn't comfortable then being an essential worker and putting myself at risk. My boyfriend has been essential every day since March. And he picked up a second job in June. So, I mean, at this point, I can only control me and the precautions I take. And so I'm at kind of at that point where if I can find something to make money during the day, even if that would tap into my creative time for myself, that could potentially be really life-changing, possibly. I kind of have to do it because I can't, I don't want to be reliant on government assistance. It should be necessary. It should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. But I want to manifest for myself that I find a way to get an income. And also my creative endeavors can all happen at the same time and be scheduled out. Um, And to get healthy is a a career. I think so. Yes. And if I'm physically not at my best, there's no way in hell I can expect my mind to also be able to be at the rate it needs to be for a job. And if I have to be on my feet for a job, I want to be able to make sure that I'm not making my body worse. I'm making it stronger. So that's my intentions. What about yours, my dear? Yes, I wrote them down. Of course you do. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I said, I want to work somewhere where when I speak up, what I have to say is actually valued. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I would like to work somewhere where all employees are actually valued from like janitors to directors. Like, I don't care at what position you work in there. Like I want everybody to be valued. Yeah. I would like to work. Um, And I would also like to be mentored and have people invest in me and my career and my development because I feel like I'm always teaching people and I'm never being mentored in return. And like, that's something that's been weighing on me heavy is like, I feel like people aren't invested in me. And I know part of that has to do with like, I also need to voice that and say, I want you to invest in me, Mm -hmm. but I would just like that in the future. That's something I would like to happen. And then the last thing is just to be secure financially and mentally. I'm so proud of you for saying those things because I would love to say those things. And I just feel like they're so unattainable at this point. Yeah. Which is I'm sad, but I love that because it's beautiful and it's what everyone should want and should receive from giving their time, energy, and effort. And I think exactly. that you could achieve all of those things effortlessly. I really do. Again, I, I may just have to work for myself. But you know what? <laughs> I just read a beautiful thread. I mean, the people have been taking their free time and dropping so much knowledge for the masses on social yeah, media. So I know, I know we hate to be on it, but I feel like I have gotten so much knowledge about different areas that I never would have done the research on without mm-hmm. people like, hey, you, stop scrolling. There's some good stuff you should probably read in here to help you get smarter. 100%. And it was this thread. The biggest flex of America is being a business owner. All the tax breaks and cuts and things that can get paid for and loopholes and things that you could have for your own personal home, your Wi-Fi, your food, your gas, your insurance, these things that could all be covered and, you know, taxable things. And like, that's the biggest flex. So you Mm -hmm. think, I have to work for myself. It's like, yeah, but do it because that's also how you're going to make and keep the most of your money. Yeah. You got to invest a lot of it, of course. And, you know, you got to get to that point, but once you do, I mean, you're going to get so much of it back because you are a business owner. Things to think about. Um, by the way, my boyfriend was already like, I need to sit down with you and Maya because we need to make this a little business real quick so y'all can get your shit paid for. I was like, okay, say less. Figure out what we need to do so we can get these bills paid and get some free Wi-Fi and equipment taxed, you know? I know. And actually pay for a platform so that we don't have to use Zoom to record. Oh, baby. Because, yeah, we're working on it. Anyway. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. It's just like we started off as such a passion project and like let's just do this for our sanity. And now we want to do it. That it's hard to kind of like pivot into like what else do I do with it? <laughs> yeah, but we want it to be really well and we want the quality to be great for everybody. Exactly. It has been well enough to be our listeners. Also, shout out as we're ending this episode to our listeners that Spotify Wrapped has come yes. out. And we have had a handful of people who have been diligent listeners, who when we showed up on their top five podcast, you guys are awesome. Thank you so, so much. I was so surprised. I was like, I can't believe that like, because I was looking at the list and it's like all of these really popular podcasts. And I'm like, of all the people for you to spend your time with every week, you chose us. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone who 
we were on their list or even if we weren't on your list and you still listen to us and yeah. you don't listen to any other podcast and you listen to ours, like you're amazing. Thank you. Because you know what, Maya, we got to talk about, I was about to move up on podcasts on a bigger form. I'm gonna manifest that with my intention. There you go. Video realm. So that way we're going to be on more list next year. Okay. But just be, be, um, responsible for your own life. You guys just, you know, we're supposed to unlearn the trauma to get what we're supposed to be. Exactly. And like Maya said, please take from Maya, like do something that helps people do something that helps people that makes you a better person that doesn't jeopardize your morals all for the sake of a paycheck. Cause I promise you, you know, we talked about stigmas earlier. People always want to look down on video girls and strippers, but yet they want to praise the black man for being a rapper and being a millionaire. But in order to do that, he needs those strippers and video girls in order to mm-hmm. entertain. So let's just think about these things <laughs> in regards to how we judge and look at other people and their career paths and how long or how short it's taken. And the fact, you know, I know we talk about tech in a negative light. It's only because we've lived in this area. We right. see the negative ramifications of it. We watched Silicon Valley stuff. turn into what it is now. Like we've watched yes. that happen as teenagers and young adults. <laughs> yes. And that's why we do. We know we have a lot of peers who are in the tech firm who are in sales world and there's nothing wrong with the way that you get your money. We're just saying if it's compromising things that you care about as values, you can always walk away and find different avenues to mm-hmm. provide you with a stable life also being positive. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. The last thing I want to say is there's enough for all of us. There's enough resources in the world and there's enough opportunities for jobs and there's enough people that we could, we don't have to be in competition all the time. We can all eat at the same table. Yeah. So, so there's enough, there's enough to go around and just acknowledge that and don't look down on other people because they made different choices than you. That's all. Beautiful. Thank you guys so much. Have a great week. Bye.